This is Fusion Capitalism, a clean energy vision for conservatives. Brought to you by industry leader and company CEO, Steve Malink. Here's Steve. Thanks for joining me for the conclusion of my conversation with Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley, who is currently running for governor of Ohio. Mr. Mayor, in part one, you shared your platform, which includes investing in clean energy and tackling climate change. But before you take on incumbent GOP Governor Mike DeWine, you will be challenging a fellow mayor and friend, Nan Whaley of Dayton. Do your stances differ on climate and clean energy? In my experience, uh, she shares our commitments uh, to a cleaner economy. But, and this isn't just a knock on Dayton, but no other city in America has built a solar farm as big as the one that we're currently constructing. And to my knowledge, no other city in America will be effectively carbon neutral by the end of 2021. And I do believe that the role of governor is an executive role and leadership matters. And the fact that we are going to be effectively carbon neutral matters. And it is a proof that I will follow up my rhetoric with action. And I think that's what people want right now is people who get the job done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My understanding is that on your website, you promise to increase the severance tax on energy companies using the newly collected cash to start an annual energy dividend of $500 to Ohio families earning less than $75,000 per year. Can you explain more about how that will work? Yes. Every state in the country that has massive natural resources, like Ohio does, and you know Texas, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Alaska, they all have uh, what's called a severance extraction tax, which is essentially a tax at the source of drilling, if you will, based on the volume that is extracted from the ground. And remember, it's a. Let's talk about this philosophically for a minute or two. We all know that these are finite resources, and we know that God put them there, and we know that they can be and have often been exhausted. And so at a minimum, you know, this isn't like inventing the internet. This is taking something out of the ground that is a source of energy that we all need in order to live the quality of life that we all have and enjoy. And it does seem like the public have a direct interest in this resource. And the people of Alaska and the people of North Dakota, both of which, by the way, are exclusively run by Republicans, extremely conservative states, they have taken the novel approach that the people of their states should receive some financial dividend from the energy. But we'll get back to the dividend in a second. Before you even get to that, you have the fact that there is significant disruptions that occur when you're in the drilling business. And there are significant environmental risks to drilling, obviously. In the case of natural gas, it's methadone leakage, which is far more potent and dangerous, at least on a generational basis of 20 to 30 years, than CO2. And so at a minimum, since the government has to regulate and needs to regulate, it should regulate that any of these practices be done in the cleanest way imaginable and possible to reduce CO2 leakage and also any impact to the water table, earthquakes, etc., requires an environmental protection agency that is fully financed and capable of providing that oversight and regulation. And that is at the bare minimum. 
And so most states have what's what, would, what you're describing, what I'm describing, what we're describing as this extraction severance tax, which essentially is taxing the industry that is most benefiting from the drilling to pay for the government regulation that's needed to make sure it's done safely without affecting water tables, uh, et cetera, and the other impacts like the truck traffic that goes onto roads and areas around the transport of this energy source, et cetera, et cetera. Well, believe it or not, well, it's not, I shouldn't say believe it or not, because it's very believable with these corrupt politicians in Columbus, but most states have an, a tax like this at around 10%. It varies. Some are 12, some are a little less, but it, it, it's about 10. Ohio's tax is 1%. The lowest in the country, at least is in, based on the research that I have seen, which is fairly extensive, the lowest by far. Republican Governor John Kasich proposed multiple times that it be lifted up to match or be higher than it currently is, match other states or be higher. Not surprisingly, the General Assembly in the pocket of the oil and gas and utility industries, and I don't say that lightly, they've been indicted. Uh, the Speaker of the House has been indicted. Multiple lobbyists have been indicted. Uh, it appears that others are likely to be indicted. And they passed a bill that a Republican U.S. attorney called the most corrupt bill in the history of the state, a $60 million bribery screen to provide corporate welfare to the utility industry. So I, I, I don't say that you know, loosely. That is a very precise statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they, the General Assembly, rejected the proposed extraction severance tax like every other state, including states like Texas and Montana and Alaska and North Dakota that are even more Republican than Ohio, which just goes to show you how deep the rot is in Columbus, mm -hmm. that we can't even get an extraction severance tax like every other state that has a natural resource. Now, now finally, to the dividend, I believe that independent, I mean, and this is not necessarily, although you could argue it is, related to the environmental issues. Although this, this idea is, is broadly similar to the national movement that is bipartisan, although mostly democratic and progressive, uh, to have a carbon tax that is then redistributed back to people uh, to deal with the higher cost of gasoline or what have you that would come from a carbon tax. And so that working families, middle-class families, uh, are not actually seeing economic losses from something like that to give the industry incentives to diversify from uh, a fossil fuel carbon-based energy. That's not the motivation, but it, it effectively is the same idea, which is to provide an extraction severance tax on the uh, fossil fuels in our state. You know, and in theory, that will drive up the cost of something. Mm -hmm. uh, and to get back to the people of Ohio. Now, I'm hoping that some of that energy can be exported to other states. But at least the people of Ohio uh, would be compensated more than any potential cost with a dividend. And I also think it's important for us Democrats, or at least I'm a Democrat, to offer Ohioans, I'm not making any assumptions about your political allegiance, to be for something. The Democrats, I think, too often just revert to calling the other side names. And certainly I believe they've earned a lot of those names. But at the end of the day, I think voters want to know what's in it for them. And the fact is that the Republicans took money out of people's pockets and gave it to the utility industry, First Energy, in exchange for bribes. And the way they took it out of people's pockets is by putting a rider on their energy bill, literally a corruption tax. My plan, the Democratic plan, if I'm the Democratic nominee, 
is to put money in working class and lower income and middle class families' pockets. And considering that the economy of the state has been in long-term decline and that the average Ohioan now makes 86 cents on the dollar of the average American and that our middle class is shrinking, it's high time that our state government starts working for the people instead of fleecing the people to work for their donors and their bribers, which is what's happened. Yes. Well, Mayor, I, I, I love how you think. The question, I guess, is if Governor Kasich wasn't able to get this past his General Assembly, how will you as a Democratic governor of the state be able to be any more successful than he was? Well, first, let me say that I think I'm more charming and uh, persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, joking. Um, look, I will, I will try it the nice way first, which is to legislate as best I can. And I have a long history of working with Republicans to get things done in, in Cincinnati. So I will certainly give it my best shot. Uh, if that comes up short, and I think there's plenty of reasons to think that it would be tough to convince the legislature to do something that has been the complete opposite of what they've been doing which is instead of helping Ohioans, they've been fleecing Ohioans. And so it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. Then we can and should and will use the power of the office of governor to take an idea like this directly to the people with a constitutional amendment, referendum. And based on the polling that I have done, and candidly, even conversations I've had with Governor Kasich, we both have of the uh, agreement that a proposal uh, to provide an extraction severance tax on the natural resources that God put under our feet for the benefit of the people of Ohio is something that, if given the chance to vote on, will be exceedingly popular and something we can pass uh, by statewide election, uh, even if we can't get it done legislatively. Very good. Okay. So, Mayor, uh, two last questions. First, yep. what will you do differently as governor above and beyond your clean energy plan to make our state safer, healthier, and more prosperous? Well, the short answer is everything. The fact is that our state is in decline. Basically, the only parts of the state, with a few pockets of, of exception, that are growing are greater Cincinnati and greater Columbus. Virtually every other part of the state, every major city, the rural areas, small towns are losing people, they're losing wages, their middle class is shrinking, their poverty is rising. And the, the two big exceptions to that rule are Cincinnati and Columbus. And Columbus is a great story. Uh, but it's not a comeback story. It's more of a startup, and, and they deserve a lot of credit. They've done some great things. But it's also the case that Cincinnati is the only comeback story, the only city that was, for all of my life, declining and shrinking, and now, for the first time in this census, is rising again. And so we're the only comeback story. And so it stands to reason that if we need a comeback, we deserve a governor-led a comeback. I have led a comeback in Cincinnati. I've certainly had a lot of help. But I'm proud to say that I was a leader in the comeback. Conversely, the Republicans have run our state for 30 years, and their people are worse off. Their wages and economic condition of the vast majority of Ohioans is worse. You know, they love to quote Ronald Reagan, who famously said, are you better off today than you were before? Well, the average Ohioan is poorer. The average Cincinnatian is better off. And so first and foremost, I bring a track record of success and my opponent brings a track record of failure. And that doesn't mean for those who think a variety of things that he may have a good heart or his, you know, he, he has good intentions. You know, he's a nice guy. He's a good family man. I think all those things are basically true as far as I know. But at the end of the day, we're electing a governor 
to get results. And we've gotten results here in Cincinnati, and we need to get results for the people of Ohio. What have they got to lose? Uh, the small towns and rural parts of Ohio that have been voting the same way for a long time, hoping for a better day. And the results have been worse and worse and worse. Without an alternative of somebody who's gotten better results, you could understand why people don't know what to do. But now they do. Because we have the comeback story that everybody wants. And we have specific ideas, like a job guarantee, like high-speed Wi-Fi, like clean water initiatives, like legalizing marijuana, like providing a dividend that can put all parts of Ohio back on track to get back on their feet, to start making more money, to start paying more bills, and to participate in the American dream. Very good. Well, thanks, Mayor. My last question is, is there anything about yourself that you want to convey to our audience about you, your background, your upbringing, what has shaped you the most, and how this affects your approach to leading and governing? Look, I am the son of a Vietnam veteran, and my mother is a Marine brat, a teacher uh, whose father, my grandfather, served in World War II Korea and Vietnam as a Marine. I've had a spiritual, deep spiritual life my whole life that has called me to public service. In addition to my political career, I'm, I'm proud to say um, that I was a co-founder of the Ohio Innocence Project at the Cincinnati Law School, which has students look into cases of people in prison uh, who claim to be innocent. And if we're able to prove that they're actually innocent with DNA or something like DNA, we get them out. I'm proud to say that the program I started has exonerated 33 people in Ohio which is incredible. Uh, I was personally involved in litigating several of the cases, and I ran the program for the first five years. And I'm deeply proud of the work. Um, and it's also hard work. Uh, once somebody's been convicted of a crime, they don't really have any rights. And so it takes a relentless lawyer and evidence and hard work to get people out of prison who are innocent. That's the kind of person I am. Uh, I care deeply about justice. And when I see something wrong, I try to right it. And I don't just try. I am a fighter, and I'm proud to say that whether it's getting innocent people out of prison or turning the first major city in Ohio around that's ever been made a comeback, I'm proud to say that with the help of a lot of great and smart people, I get results. And I promise you I can get results for the people of Ohio. Mayor Cranley, thanks so much for joining me on this podcast. I personally appreciate your climate leadership, which is more than just words. There are actions that other mayors and governors need to emulate. So uh, best wishes to you and your campaign. Thank you. Real quick, though, I admire you uh, for branching out into clean energy way before anyone else realized uh, that that's where we should go and that, that we needed first pioneers and first actors to make it a, a profitable. And so I'm glad that you are profitable, uh, but it wasn't clear that you were going to be profitable when you started. And so the world owes you a great deal of debt for doing it. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for listening to Fusion Capitalism. To find out more about Steve Belink and his book, go to FusionCapitalism.com. This has been a production of Forbes Books Radio.